With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Doing all right, Josh. It's the international break. And let me tell you something. My wife went away for one month. This was a couple summers ago. And, you know, you live with your partner and you think they're going to be away for a month. Oh, boy, I'm just going to chill out. Are all these things I'm going to check off like my bachelor list? It's going to be a great time. Yep. Like, after just like two or three days, I'm just like, where is my wife? I'm kind of lonely and <laughs> bored. And that is what the international break has been for me this week, because I am having a stinker of an FPL season. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what as, I need? As is widely known. Sure. As yeah, long-time yeah. listeners. <laughs> it's been on the front page of the Always Cheating Times for a good solid month now. I thought I needed a break, but um, I am already itching for game week five to get underway. So let's talk about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're when you're not hitting at the roulette wheel, uh, the plan, you you don't want to walk away from the table. Right. You just want to uh, you want to break even. Yeah. You want maybe you go have a cigarette break. You know, uh-huh. you walk around the you walk around the outside of the pit for a minute. You get a you have a cigarette break, and then you go right back in. Uh, you know, to get those to to recoup those losses. Sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the international break. I, you know, I guess some things never change. Everything everything in the world has changed in 2020, uh, except the international break still being something that feels like it takes like three months uh, to play out. And actually, I, you know, for me personally, I, I, you know, it's, I'm never really, the first one is always the worst. Uh, You know, the first one I'm always like, all right, we're four weeks in. I finally have a handle on, 
don't know what I'm doing here. Um, you know, I burned my wild card at the end of game week four. I was like ready to go. And now it's like a week later and I'm like, I don't even, why did I burn the wild card? Like what's going on right now? Uh, it's so, you know, thankfully some things never change, Brendan. Everything is, is completely, uh, insane in 2020, but, uh, wild cards, uh, wild cards, uh, international breaks being, a little too long, uh, exactly one week too long, Brandon, is, is still, mm-hmm. uh, still a problem. Uh, so I'm very excited for us to be kind of to have this weekend in the, in the rearview mirror looking ahead to game week five. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about my wild card, which is active right now. It is the wild card of question marks. There are so many uh, so many issues that need to get resolved before my wild card is finalized. But I'm going to walk through uh, my wild card team uh, early on in this podcast. We're going to preview game week five. Then we're going to answer a lightning round, Brandon. This is a very special lightning round this time because all of our answers this time are, are properly going to be 30 seconds. Uh, we're not going to break the rule as we often do. It's going to be a very wow. tight lightning Okay, round. I'm stressing out about this already. Mm-hmm. Jeez, yeah. I, you, you should have probably texted me this morning that, that the rule <laughs> would be enforced today. Uh, well, so we're going to get right into my wild card here, but just, we'll talk about it more in a little while. But uh, just a quick note, the Harvey Milk Mustache Cup, our Patreon Cup, kicks off in game week five uh, to celebrate that. And that's open to Patreon supporters at any pledge level. So you can go to mm-hmm. patreon.com slash always for that. Uh, and to celebrate that, we are going to do a a full social media blackout on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday. Uh, and we're going to spend the entire day uh, in the main feed of the Always Cheating Slack, which is open mm-hmm. to Patreon supporters at any level as well. So if you are interested in becoming a patron, this is a great week to do it uh, because we have this FA Cup style competition that's kicking off. All you have to do is just join the Patreon mini league and you get to join that. Yeah. Um, so it's very yeah. exciting. And then and then we'll and then we'll interact all all Saturday on the Slack. I will even be in non main channel feeds. I'll be in wow. the. Uh, I booted up FIFA 21 this weekend, pretty hardcore. Got the new game. Uh, I'm looking to start a pro club, and hopefully some of our Patreon members are on PlayStation 4 as well. And we can we can get some pro clubs going. All right, Josh, your wild card. Yep. Where are you? Where are you right now? Yeah, and I, I buried it a little bit in last week's podcast. I think I mentioned it like 30 nine minutes in or something, uh, mostly because I wasn't quite ready to talk about it yet. Um, I wildcarded on Saturday shortly after the Man United Spurs match. Um, and I think, you know, I, I kind of I kind of forced my hand a little bit with the wildcard because I had played a rage transfer uh, the day before, which I never do ever. Uh, and I I moved uh I, I moved to Jimenez uh, from Timo Werner on Saturday. Okay. So, so mad at myself for not just making that move earlier that I decided, you know what, I'm just going to burn my transfer and do it right now. Uh, sure. I had also, also brought in uh, uh, James uh, from, from Chelsea, and now it looks like he has possibly lost his spot. At the very least, it's a spot that's, that's hugely under risk uh, moving yeah. forward. So I, I felt like that was like I, I effectively – like wasted a transfer. If anything, it was like I wasted two transfers because I was going to burn a transfer to take him out. Um, you know, Mitro, like Fulham had looked okay, but I wasn't feeling very confident in him going forward just because I'm still, even, you know, this is actually before this on Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I actually feel a little bit better. But listen, if, if Ruben Loftus-Cheek is the reason you don't wildcard, um, you have like created <laughs> a, a twisted pretzel of logic that yeah. that, that doesn't really, uh, you know, work together so uh-huh 
So di- di- ditching your Fulham assets is 100% the way to go. That is the path forward. <laughs> no one's arguing that. Yeah. Even if he bangs in like two this weekend, I still feel confident that long term I've made the right. No regrets. Yeah. The transfer deadline closing was a factor as well. Uh, I didn't want to make a Puma Walker before then just in case there were some wild moves. And in the end, it was fine. There were, I, we can talk more about the transfer deadline in a little bit, but uh, nothing that I was hugely... If, if anything, uh, the move that I was most excited about was this uh, Saeed Benrama move, which which just happened. Uh, mm-hmm. I think like today that happened. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that, um, you know, the, not, not too much change there. I, there. I know there is a school of thought that you should wait to play your wild card until later on in the first half of the season, because we are going to have these unplayed Man United, Man City, Villa Burnley matches as uh yeah, those will be double game weeks, probably in game weeks 18 or 19. Uh, but you actually have to burn your wild card before game week 16 anyway. So my thinking was, I, I'm going to, I'll, you know, I'd have probably something like three transfer windows to bring in more players than I want. I think in general, people overrate um, how important double game weeks are and spend way too much time planning for them um, and, and taking out players that they really want. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to burn my wild card now. I don't really love the you know, like the heart of my team I was okay with, but everything around it, I didn't like, mm-hmm. I didn't like my bench strength. I didn't like my defensive rotations. Um, and you know, I'm at like 245 K overall, which is really not that bad for four weeks into the season. I feel pretty good about my position, but, um, you know, I, so I think there's a school sometimes that a wild card can either be a, um, like a you know like eject button for your team like mm-hmm. i need to get out of this situation and i think other times you can play the wild card just as a very aggressive active move like i am going to make these problems like i'm gonna i'm gonna correct these problems before they become problems mm-hmm. um which is not to say that you're taking out good players but just that you're you know you've done okay you see some weaknesses and you're just going to address all of them right now right and i think there are there are inflection points every season that, you know, every, every, whether it's every four weeks or every eight weeks where there's a big swing in the fixture table, or there is a big swing in team form. And we're going to talk quite a bit about Spurs. And I think Spurs represent one of those inflection points. And that's a team where a lot of managers such as yourself weren't invested in, in them. And that's a, that's a strength wild card move to say, I see this, inflection point coming spurs is the path forward so that will actually help me carry my momentum it's not that the wild card needs to create momentum it's that you use your momentum to take you into that next phase of your fpl season exactly west ham burnley brighton west brom uh are the next four teams that they play um and these are like the, one of the few teams where you've been getting consistent double digit returns from, from those players. So, um, you know, I, I saw this, this great run of fixtures ahead. I felt, you know, in sun's not even playing the national break. So I saw this great run of fixtures ahead. I saw an opportunity to, to be a little aggressive with Spurs and, uh, I didn't see a good way to do it without, it would have taken me weeks, uh, to bring in these Spurs players. Otherwise there just, there just would have been no way to do it partially because, of this uh, infamous rage transfer on Saturday, a very rare <laughs> rage transfer. So, um, so that's that that that's kind of the rationale. Um, and I, I maybe I spent a little too long explaining it, but I, I think it's worth walking through um, why I would do this. And I, I do think that um, you know the COVID stuff, which is the other reason you might want to wait, is like what happens if like nine players scattered across the Premier League get COVID? Do you want like a, a fail safe? But I mean, for me. Uh, 
I don't know. I mean, like that, I'm just going to take the gamble that that's not going to happen. And I mm-hmm. think it's going to stay uh, a trickle of COVID cases. I, I certainly don't think it's going to uh, go away. Uh, but I also think it's extremely, extremely unlikely that we're going to have a game week where all of a sudden 27 different players come down with COVID. Well, I don't think you can predict that. I don't know if it's unlikely or likely. It could happen. Uh, the point I would make would be don't waste your time trying to predict whether that will happen. Either it happens or it doesn't, and you can't control it. So you just have to play the FPL season that's in front of you. So I, I yeah, the global pandemics are a funny thing. And the sooner you accept that they're out of your control, the better. <laughs> Right, exactly. And maybe having a wild card is a hedge against anything crazy happening, but uh, it's also just a, it comes down to managerial style. Um, I think there's a there's a certain kind of fantasy manager who is very much a safety first manager, uh, and that's just never been um, a style of mine. And so I, I thought it was reasonable to to make the move now, and maybe it'll come back to haunt me. But you know, so what. You know, we'll see if it we'll see if it actually hurts me. Um, so anyway, my team very quickly. Uh, I've got Martinez in the back. Um, you and I talked about this a little bit on our Patreon podcast this week, but uh, to me, he is the clear favorite in the sub five million category. I'm not even sure anybody else is really close to him as far as um, players that I would want. You know, in the keeper spot long term. Yeah, if you look at the teams that are represented by 4.5 GKs, specifically Southampton, Brighton, and Villa. Which of those three are the best team all around? Like, forget who is the best goalkeeper. Who's the best team? And I think Villa, you know, with nine points now on the table, have shown they are the best team. Brighton and Southampton have been very up and down, whereas Villa look like they will at least be more consistent throughout the run of the entire season. So, yeah, I think that's your vote for Martinez right there. Yeah. And uh, the only other player that I um, would consider would just be going up to five million for Gaita. Uh, who I just kind of trust a lot, and I feel like he's maybe like a set, like a season long set and forget type keeper. But in the end, I think you can probably approximate Gaita with with Martinez. And so, yeah, so that's 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 how I ended up there. Um, no Jordan Pickford, Brandon, just couldn't couldn't bring myself to shocking to do it. Too many too many howlers. And you know, I think for some of the other players. Uh, when you look at Matt Ryan, for example, um, a lot of times, you know, the decision comes down to whether you want a 4.5 player from one of those teams, right? Like I'd rather have Lamptey than Ryan. Uh, I would rather have uh, Kyle Walker Peters over um, McCarthy. Um, so in some ways, if you think about it that way, you kind of back your backdoor your way into um, a keeper because there's really not a center back that I want um, on Villa. I mean, I guess concept would be fine, but, um, you know. Yeah, and the most appealing defenders for Villa are at least 5.0. I mean, notably Mings and Cash, I think, are their their standout defenders. And yeah, yeah, going by your price analysis, yeah, that's just more than you want to be spending. So you you go with Martinez at 4.7. Uh, the rest of my, my defense and, you know, again, this is, this is we're, we're a week out and a lot's going to change. And I think the biggest thing for me is I have to decide what to do with, uh, with my Liverpool defender spot. And, you know, I'm not going to overreact to, a them conceding seven goals. Uh, but I am super worried about Adrian and goal. And I'm just debating whether I want to keep Adrian when, um, 
whether I want to keep a Liverpool defender when Adrian, you know, as long as Adrian's back there, like, cause there's just going to be like a howler match, which there kind of was last season uh, when he took over for Allison. So at the moment I have uh, Castagna and, and I've got Castagna, Mitchell, Lamptey, Aileen and Sace. And what's incredible about this, Brandon is mm-hmm. all five of these players could get replaced with five separate players before next Saturday's deadline. I don't feel incredibly strongly about any of them. Uh, Sace, I feel pretty good about, but I think he's a little bit of a risk uh, now that he's been kind of slotted into this left wing back role. Um, that's mm-hmm. a spot. It's not a, not a natural spot for him. He has not played well uh, the last few weeks. And so a um, little bit of concern there. Uh, Alien, I feel pretty good about but i'm certainly not married to him i mean you know um, Leeds had not kept a clean sheet so far this season and mm-hmm. um i'm not sure this pick this well. the ailing pick you've likened him to darty the way he right. gets forward this is your pick where you're you you want to look smart when this pick comes through right that's that's why <laughs> yeah. and that's why you're married to this pick right now i think yeah, well, actually, you know, they, uh, you know, I, I jumped the gun there. It was like one of those things I said, and then immediately, as soon as I said it, I realized I was wrong. Uh, they did keep a clean sheet in game week three, uh, and he got two bonus points uh, when they kept a clean sheet in that match too. And he looked, they kept a clean sheet in game week three. So I'm totally like just rejiggering my thought process here. Uh, they kept a re- <laughs> clean sheet in game week three. It just shows you how how not um, married I am to all these picks, Brandon. Uh, and I thought he looked really aggressive in game week four. So I don't want to spend too long on the defense because I'm still working things out. <laughs> the point here is that they're all cheap. And I've got Lamptey, but I've got to wait until he's healthy. This is like a recurring theme with a lot of the players in my squad. So I've got I've got Lamptey as long as he stays healthy and if he's training this week. Uh, Mitchell, I'm a little, you know, we'll see how Patrick Van Enholt, um looks this week. If he um, is back in training, it looks like he's only a week or two away, then I probably have to drop Mitchell now um, because it's just uh, that'll ultimately just become a problem for me long term if I have this non-playing um player back there I, you know no, it'll, be, a, it'll be fine because you'll bench him i think having a 4.0 defender is that's how most teams are set up to have one defender whom you never play and yeah. mitchell is the guy because he'll be in even if van anel comes back from injury he's in reserve uh mitchell will be in reserve if anything yeah. were to happen to pba well, you know, the, the problem for me is that I, I think I want to play a four four two um a lot moving forward. And so if I effectively punt on a on a defender spot, that means I'm sort of locked into my defenders week in and week out every week if Mitchell isn't playing. Okay. Um and so that then it becomes a little more of a of an issue, you know, because then I really don't have a lot of a lot of um bench depth. So, um, so that is, so that's what I've got back, back there. Um, All right, what's, and, what's going on in your midfield, Josh? Yeah. Midfield. I've got, uh, Rodriguez, Sterling, Salah, Sun, and my boy Basuma on the bench. So, uh, pretty meaty midfields, obviously, uh, Sterling, you know, again, he's, he's my, again, as I mentioned before, I keep saying the word again, for some reason, as I mentioned before, Sterling is a, maybe it depends on whether, uh, he trains this week, much like Lamptey, much like Kane. Uh, we're going to wait and see how these players do. But if Sterling just had one of these like kind of like fake injuries, like sometimes happens in original breaks, you know, a, mm-hmm. a tight tightness, in the hamstring, and he's back in training next week, then, um, then I'll feel really good about him because he will not have played all of these extra national matches um, until Aguero is back. He is. The you will be feeling a tightness, Josh, when the, when that Manchester city team sheet comes out. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's true. I will. That's very true. Uh, so so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Rodriguez, I, he's just creating so many chances right now that he um, that he stays over Jack Grealish. Uh, then Mo Salah, obviously not going anywhere. And then Son, just like a complete gimme pick at this moment, given given his form, given how good he's looked so far this season. Um, and then up front, I've got Kane. So a lot of money tied up there with Mr. Kane. But I think um, anybody wildcarding this game week should have Kane and Son. Um, they're also not that expensive. I mean, Son is only 9 million, Kane's 10.5. Uh, very good value uh, considering their fixtures, considering the kind of form that they're in right now. Um, I mean, everything is running through those two players. And with Gareth Bale to come, I don't think that hurts them at all. I think, if anything, it, it helps them. Um, it's going to create more chances for everybody. So it'll be interesting to see how Bale and Son. Um, play together. I mean, Sun is like a little bit kind of infamous, like a little bit of a ball hog. So, you know, whether Bale gets touches and whether that impacts Sun, I guess is still a little bit of an open question. I feel like Bale has come to Spurs to be like a writer in residence. He's just there to, uh, Inspire. to be a, be a mascot. I, <laughs> I haven't really given any thought to what it's going to look like when Bale gets on the pitch. Cause I guess I'm kind of in denial that he, ever will i'm i am not a i think we have a few questions about spurs coming up so i'll i'll save my my spiel until then but i'm sure i'm less sold on tottenham than you are okay well fair enough um so i, I i'm pretty sold and we, we talked a little bit last week too but um i'm just sold because i've i just think they're going to keep scoring goals and if they're going to keep scoring goals it's going to be those two that score i mean eh, I guess that's, I'm not sure that's like the most sophisticated way to look at it, but um, that's how I see it. I mean, it's, you know, when you've got a team that's, that's, that is shown an ability to score and even that Newcastle match where they, you know, only scraped one goal together, um, they hit the post and the crossbar like five times in that match. It was kind of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the score line did not really belie how, how dominant they were in that one. So then I've got Kane, Calvert-Lewin and Ryan Brewster. Um, and Brewster is, I suppose the puntier pick. Um, and if anyone, you know, so it, the things that could really strongly change would be Castagna and Brewster and me deciding what to do, uh, with those slots. And it's really tricky because it may ultimately, I mean, it, it could be that you would Rodriguez, go even cheaper in your defense. You would say you're saying you downgrade Castagna to upgrade Brewster to somebody like an Ollie Watkins. Well, what's the point of having money in your defense right now? I, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I mean, I I get it for yeah. for for Liverpool partially because it's defensive. Um, I mean, you know, just because there's like a um, a high ownership among all of those players, and you know, if they can keep a clean sheet in even any one match, it could be a two hundred thousand rank drop for you. Um, mm-hmm. So that you know, even if I don't totally trust their defense, it's it can be a slightly um, safe play to do that. But everybody else, I mean, Leicester just you know, conceded three at home to West Ham. Um, I mean, their defense isn't that good um, and nobody's is. And so, you know, if there's a, so I'm not completely convinced that spending any money back there is, is actually a worthwhile play. So that's, that's the team. Um, And I guess the, the most important thing is Son and Kane Um, and probably Calvert-Lewin to be quite honest as well. Um, You know, the Man City spot is an interesting one, but um, I feel like going without a Man City player, it's just one of those, like, just, you know, it's the, the next match they win 4-0. Everyone's going to be like, all right, like, how do we bring a Man City uh-huh. players in? It's just, it's inevitable. It's wild times that you just said Man City spot as in singular. Like, that is what's going on this season where yeah. 
You feel you only need one Manchester City player in this wild card. You only need one Liverpool player in this wild card. Um, oh, it's I, kind of wild. It, so. It's like, I mean, it, that that is the the story that this season is telling us. What's going on? And you kind of just have to ride the wave. So what I like about your wild card team is you're clearly riding the wave. Uh, it what scares me about your wild card team is there are a lot of unknowns yeah. here. Uh, so that's something you're going to have to reckon with over the course of the next week. Yeah. I mean, it's the unknown thing is really tricky because there were unknowns two weeks ago. There were unknowns last week. You know, so it's like, yeah. are we, are things ever going to get settled this season or is yeah, it just no, going to keep... Yeah. I'm not arguing that you, no. you played the wild card at the wrong moment. I just, what I, what I'm, I think you're taking a lot of risks. You're you're risking a lot of assets that could have a lot of upside, uh, yeah. but we just don't n- know fully yet. And of course, you never know. Like if we if we had Biff's almanac from the future, then this game would be a breeze. So yeah. good on you. Good on you. Yeah, I think the um, the it's really frustrating that there's no cheap way into Man City. Um, that there's no that Phil Foden for you. Yeah, I mean, come on, right? Like, well, he was like he, he was an early early international break transfer for me after yeah. the performance against Leeds by City, Foden two blanks in a row, and looking at what I could get if I spent the money I had in the bank at that moment to upgrade him to James Rodriguez. It's just like that; it would be dumb to not do that. So, Foden has exited my squad this break. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you can be right about the risk part of it. And I think this is a classic wildcard thing, which is that you wildcard into a particular team. And then every week that goes by, you start to shave away a few, <laughs> you know, a few of the risks and suddenly you end up with, with some more conventional picks. But that, that's, that's typically a good thing. I, you know, it rarely do you, you know, as long as you still keep a couple of risks in your team, you don't, you know, you don't want your team to look just like everybody else. At least I don't. I, I don't think that's very fun. Yeah, it's a little bit like the principles of marketing, right, Josh? So you've got to if you if you're going to advertise a local pizza pizza place, you've got to send out a thousand flyers to get like ten percent response rate. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing with your wild card here is you're sending out a thousand pizza flyers with all of your risky players, with the expectation that at least one or two of them are going to come good. So the wild card offers you this opportunity to litter the neighborhood with mm-hmm. flyers. Yeah, all in one swoop, as opposed to like yeah. piecemeal one this week, I'm going to take this risk next week. I'm going to take this risk. So I think that's the real appeal of going full risk on a wild card, because then you're, you're sort of taking away that waiting time. Yeah, I, that is true. And, you know, in hindsight, maybe the, I don't know if the wild card was the best player or not. It really is going to require Spurs to do well. Uh, if they don't, uh, then I will join the ranks of the failed wild carders, which I think is, uh, swelling right now yeah, games yeah. two three and four it didn't work out for anybody so yeah. uh so we'll we'll see but hopefully i can uh you know knock on wood i can <laughs> i can break the pattern please do if 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 it does go poorly just let me know i'll tell you where we meet every every sunday in the church basement Support for group. coffee and coffee and donuts yeah perfect perfect all right let's take a break and we're gonna get back and talk about game week five A quick thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. If you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. 
keeps the lights on, Brandon. The yeah. internet lights on. The uh, <laughs> the WordPress uh, lights on. Uh, or not WordPress, Squarespace, right? We're on Squarespace. That's uh, right. Yeah, that's that's two free plugs right there. And unpaid for plugs. <laughs> two great ways to have a website. <laughs> Just got plugged up this podcast. Uh, but go to patreon.com slash always to do that. We talked earlier about the uh, Harvey Milk Mustache FA Cup, or if you're an American sports fan, NCAA tournament style knockout tournament. And that begins in game week five. So you have one week to get yourself in and ahead of that. If you're already a Patreon supporter and you want to join it, just make sure you're in our mini league because that's what we're going to use to generate the bracket, uh, which will be available on Saturday morning. Yeah. And if you want to say thanks and join the Patreon, you get some other stuff, including our extra podcast every week, the weekend review for our Patreon league, courtesy of mini league mate. This is a great new feature we've added this season, which is a huge data dump and lots of really helpful infographics about how your team compares to the 500 plus other teams that are in our Patreon league and uh, all sorts of other stuff, including us hanging out with you on Slack this Saturday. Uh, all right. And a, and a thank you to new Patreon supporters. We'll start at the Lord Sorlot tier. Big thanks to Chris Hunter, Muhammad Ismail and John Lucas. And new Pookie patrons, thank you to the Bearded Slug, Jack Hodginson, and Luke Price. Thank you so much. Okay, game week five. It will be upon us on Saturday, early Saturday morning. I like it. They're kicking off with the Merseyside Derby. Like, even without fans, they're doing this as an early morning match. Maybe to avoid people congregating outside the stadium or something. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I wonder if Everton actually wanted uh, Liverpool to win their match last week, just so that this could be a proper one versus two top of the table clash. Yeah. Now yeah. it now it is just the uh, the title holders in waiting, Everton taking on lowly mid table dwellers, Liverpool, who <laughs> yeah, are one... just really down and out. I'm I'm curious to see what happens too, because you know the the theory on Manchester City meeting Leeds in game week four was our oh, city are really going to batter Leeds because of the uh, the way that Leicester took them out at the knees the week prior. This is going to be a uh, blood in their mouth revenge game, uh, mm-hmm. so to speak. So I, I don't know how much water that carries going into the Merseyside Derby where Liverpool had the same thing happen to them against Villa. Uh, are they what are they going to be able to do against Everton? I think it's going to be a really tight game. I I think so too. And it's a hard one to judge because uh, you have most of these players going off an international break or you have them recovering from COVID uh, in the case of Tiago and Sadio Mane. Uh, Van Dyke, 99% sure went, went to um, play for the Netherlands. Yeah, he yep. did. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Trent obviously playing for England. Uh, I know Robbo played 90 minutes for Scotland this morning. So, um, you know, just players, uh, basically their whole defense is away right now on mm-hmm. international break. And so it's not like they're going to spend two weeks like just drilling down and, and just becoming like, you know, this this perfect defensive unit uh, before the start of next week's match. And so, you know, in some ways, I think it's the fans that have a longer memory. Um, you know, the reason the reason these athletes are so good uh, is because they just uh, shrug it off. You know, they just lose a match. And it's a job. Off. Yeah, it's a job. Exactly. So um, with all that said, we do have five questions, Brandon, for game week five. So let's 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 go through those questions. Um, first one is which back from injury slash transfer deadline players should we consider 
ahead of game week five. So Richard Harwood says, how should the return of Pulisic, Bale, and Aguero, it's quite a trio, Uh influence our planning for the coming game weeks? So, yeah, what do you think? Well, I think Pulisic is the one that stands out here, just given the fact that he's the one who we've actually seen on the pitch Mm -hmm. after coming back from injury in the league. I think he, he got some minutes at the end of game week four. Whereas Bale and Aguero, Aguero now pictured back in first team training. But what precisely does that mean? I don't know. And the nature of or the timeline of Jesus coming back. Like if Jesus were fit as we came up to game week five, I would assume that Jesus plays over Aguero, even if Aguero were training with with the first team. So um, and Bale, we've, we've kind of already discussed. So Pulisic is a player that is probably we could we could say is the most fit of those three and the one that could be most likely to impact a team that needs that type of player. So yeah. Chelsea have just had trouble finding a motor to start the season and Pulisic could bring that bring that uh bring that extra sauce. So I like I like him amongst these these options. Yeah, um I I think it's it's really I don't know how I feel. I, I don't feel great about any of them, to be honest. And uh, I think that also applies to the transfer deadline players. You have Cavani, Alex Tellis. Alex Tellis, by the way, I, I just think that's a cool name. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. like Alex. Alex Tellis just sounds like a like somebody who'd be good. He, it's like it sounds like the name of someone who's going to replace poor old Lukey Shaw. You know, it's like uh-huh. oh, like <laughs> you love your old, old Luke. Like uh-huh. you know, you're not the fastest, you know, or not good at defending. But you know, it's like you, you put in, you put in <laughs> you, some good shifts. <laughs> you can't do much. You can't do much. <laughs> but you tried hard. Yeah, um, yeah. Not to be too, super mean to, to Shaw. I know a lot of people love Luke Shaw, but uh, I think that Telus is 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 you know, if you, if you could identify one of the problem areas for. And yet it was certainly left back. So I think that he probably does help that team. But from a fantasy perspective, I think we probably need uh, several weeks, uh, especially just given what a mess things are right now. And uh, they don't have Martial for the next three matches now, too. It's it's kind of a nightmare start for them. Wait, let's see. Cavani isn't in the game yet. I felt I felt like I saw I his is. price as uh, yeah, eight price, million, isn't it? right? Is he is? I saw his price coming at eight million. Has he not been? He's not been added yet. Uh, let's That's see. I, I'm just bumming around the FPL stats page. Maybe I need to hit refresh. But um, no, I don't I see would, it either. It's weird. Okay. Yeah, that is that is because yeah, I remember seeing the I the very appealing price point, especially for somebody who. You know, Martial serving his red card suspension, you'd think. Well, I mean, this is a straight diss to Odiana Gallo, where Manchester <laughs> United wasn't like, yeah, yeah. Gallo, it's your, your your dream to to play for Manchester United. Now we're good. Well, we're going to bring in this this old-time Edison <laughs> Cavani. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it'll be all right, and I think that's kind of appealing. But all, most of these players that we're talking about they're just straight up way too expensive. Like Pulisic, 8.3. Yeah. I'm not even going to talk about Bale now, but Aguero, for somebody who you don't know who's going to start or not yeah. at 10.5, you've made the case for Harry Kane at the same price, who is in form and a lock to start. There's just so much like risk, risk with your 4.5 defenders, Josh, is one thing. Risk with these 8 million plus players seems just beyond what i'm willing to handle yeah i think that's i think that's really uh, the side ben, ben rama one is the one that i'm maybe the most 
excited about just because I, he's he's going to join a West Ham team that could use him to be to be quite honest. Although they've, they've done pretty well the last couple of weeks, but yeah, I, think, I was going to um, say, could they use him? I feel like they're they've got. They've got like, enough players. Yeah, I don't think West Ham is like solved, you know, like I don't think they've like solved Premier League football. I, I, they could use a really talented player. I wonder with Ben Rama, if it was a buy for them where they could afford to buy him and it's just an investment where it's a player that maybe they can look to later on in the season or that's an asset for the books that they can loan out or yeah. a, 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 so a player whose value is only going to increase and they'll yeah. just bank that. Brandon, this is like me playing a wild card in game week five, just strength to strength. You know, that's what, that's what me and West Ham do. Okay. That's, that's sure. kind of our, our, that's why we're, that's why we're both perennial winners, you know, just, uh, Absolutely. Just, yeah. Always uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think you're right on the, the price point is what makes all of these players way too risky. Uh, Aguero will be exciting eventually. And I do like to have one premium forward on my team just mm-hmm. because they typically, they're, they're often very captainable, um, because they're just so consistent. They may not always get yeah. the massive 19 point Grealish style returns. Uh, but, uh, they're, they're really, really steady players having your squad and, uh, Kane turns into, Aguero very easily. So I think yeah. that um, that that may be a move I make long term. All right. So talking about Grealish, Brandon, he's on yeah. everyone's the, this team is on everyone's mind right now. Uh, talked about Martinez a little bit. But question number two is, do we trust Aston Villa now? <laughs> I think we do. I think we trust them enough to get Jack Grealish uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I don't know that we trust Villa enough to just go whole hog and and build a wild card around them. But talking about price points, the Villa attack is if, if we expect them to consistently score goals, even if it's just two goals a week Mm -hmm. uh, for, for Villa, I think Grealish at 7.1 is great value. The problem that Grealish is going to have to overcome this season is, can he outproduce a player like James Rodriguez and say, God forbid anything happens to James Rodriguez, Grealish would be straight into my squad at that price point. So I think the challenge for for me as I think about this is, is there a way for me to turn Daniel Potence into Jack Grealish somehow? Can I find that yeah. money? And yeah. I think what I could see happening is actually moving to an Aston Villa double up in my squad where Danny Ings drops to Ollie Watkins and Potence goes up to Jack Grealish. Uh, yeah. You know, kind of as I was setting the table for this discussion. I think that might be slight overkill, but I think where you see where I'm going. And I think I would definitely favor Grealish over Ollie Watkins if we're talking about those picks. Yeah. I, I mean, I would favor Grealish over Watkins too, just given uh, Grealish's track record. I mean, Watkins, Watkins did look excellent in that match though. And he scored a boatload of goals last season for Brentford as well in the championship. And uh, every year mm-hmm. there's one championship striker who comes up and at least for a while, I mean, sometimes they just turn into Jamie Vardy, right. And they're just like awesome, but you know, yeah. and you kind of don't know it usually for a couple of seasons, but uh, often there's somebody who comes out just firing early on in the season. And it's early mm-hmm. enough still that, like, you know, I mean, obviously in Villa didn't even play in game week one um, because of the, uh, the delay. So um, maybe it's Watkins. I mean, he's looked good in, in all of the matches so far, the returns just didn't come until, until this game week is available for 5.9 million. So um, mm-hmm. he's got some interesting value there. And so, yeah, I mean, the whole team, I mean, the d- defense, the midfield, the forward lines, I mean, they're kind of the team we needed 
we needed somebody cheap to emerge, yeah. somebody that um, could um, could could fill in all the other spots. If you're going to spend eleven point five million on Sterling and ten point five on Kane, et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, I think that was them. that that was the spot where we were struggling going into game week one with their drafts. Well, it was like, all right, there were a ton of midfielders that are ten million and above that I want, and then there are no cheaper midfielders uh, that I need. So that that mid-price bracket is really filling out. And now I've gone from that real pessimism going into game week one to now I could actually see a really solid, affordable midfield with a couple of premiums and to cheaper than sun level midfielders consistently producing. Like I'm just thinking of Grealish, Rodriguez, Sala mm-hmm. and a city midfielder. I think that would right. feel very balanced to me. Yeah. Be interesting to see if we ever uh, get to a point this season where we finally do shake off that. I need to have a city midfielder feeling. <laughs> I not, mm-hmm. I'm not ready to do it yet. No, nor should we necessarily be jumping to do that. Uh, Katie B has already had a very nice match. Raheem Sterling scored and picked up a couple of bonus points. And, and in game week three, uh, it's not like they've just been a, complete disaster um outside of outside of that bizarre Leicester match which uh they have not looked good as a team from a fantasy perspective they've been they've been okay um just not like I mean KDB I suppose has been a little disappointed the last couple of game weeks well jo- Josh I think you're hitting question five a little early here where Let's you ask to it do we keep the faith with City we have a question from Climber who wants to know I see a lot of Twitter wildcard teams without City players in them what are your thoughts on this so You're reserving a spot at the Sterling KDB price level. We've kind of given our thoughts on Foden and Foden appears. I don't know if it's just for Foden or for the entire Manchester city squad. Like is, is it a no go zone until they get an actual number nine back in their starting 11? Uh, I think I might feel that way. I mean, it, it actually has been a blessing that for the last few seasons, uh, you know, apart from Laporte's one purple patch two seasons ago where we just have never had to think about city's defense at all it's always just about the midfield assets and when aguero (laughs) is fit that that is a pretty easy decision to make but i i think we 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 sort of nailed it with your wild card where we all we the fpl management community only need one city player in their teams right now is that yeah is that even necessary isn't it isn't it weird that they never keep a third forward in reserve? I mean, Man United are suddenly going to have Odin Agala just kind of hanging out, just taking up space, right? I mean, presumably now that Cavani has has joined, and it's, I mean, I suppose you can use it for cups and stuff like that. But I mean, Sergio Aguero is famously injury prone. One of the mo- one of the great one of the great injury prone forwards. Uh, you know, phenomenal and always at risk of. Of, of missing a handful of matches for some yeah. international break, you know, knock that he picks up or whatever. Uh, there have Gabriel, been some, yeah, there have been ahead. some great reserve strikers for fantasy over the years behind Aguero Ed and Jekko. We've all mm-hmm. had at least a sure. moment with Jekko in our teams. Wilfred Brown. Negredo. Remember Negredo? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, short, short lived. They, they might be Balotelli. I get, I, I recall was a striker. Uh, that was another fun one. Jesus yeah. is just, he will not live in my memory the way those players do. No, I, 
there's yeah i've he's always been a little hard to love i don't know maybe it's because the fantasy thing just like infects your brain (laughs) too much with this stuff and you're just like i don't know who to have i just want to have aguero why why are you getting in the way jesus and Uh, i will be willing to admit that jesus is a far better footballer irl than negredo ever was like don't (laughs) at me about don't at me about (laughs) that that's an lol irl (laughs) for sure um yeah it's but it's just strange that like you know, so they they go into the season knowing that Aguero is not going to be able to play for quite a while. Um, they have one player in Gabriel Jesus, and then it's like Rory Delap's son is like the only option left. You know, it's like, well, I guess we could play Rory Delap's son. That's like the only yeah. the only thing that that's possibly available to us, like the richest club in the world. It's just strange. I don't know. This has nothing to do with fantasy, really, but it's just odd that they're um, uh, just that's a weird spot. I know that I know that Sterling can play there, but he doesn't. It's not like a great natural spot for him. Um, so I'm just I'm just making a nice. note here for possible future team names for Brandon Rory Delap's son. <laughs> so I think that uh, ultimately they are still an extremely talented team who I think will consistently score goals. And I think that we talked about risks earlier on. And even though my team has plenty of risks in it, I still have a Man City player because there are certain risks that I just won't take. And one of them is not having a, um, an attacking player on one of the best teams in the league. I just think that they may have looked just mediocre so far, but long-term it's just going to crush you and they're kind of expensive. So if you don't have them now, it's going to be very hard to get them in later. So it's better just to pull the trigger now and, and bring them in. So that's, so do I trust them? No. Do I feel like it's worth going without them? No. I don't. Uh, and so uh, that, that answers the city question. Uh, now we can move on to uh, FPL Jacket Potatoes question, who says, uh, by the way, some of the best questions from some of the weirdest Twitter. I feel like Jacket Potatoes appeared on many, many podcasts. Uh, he says, uh, son and Kane. And he says, if just one, which one? So we've talked a, little, a lot about Son of Kane already, but if you had to pick just one brand, if you weren't in a wild card and yeah. you had two transfers available, can only get one, which one would you lean towards? I think I'd lean towards Kane because like we were discussing with Ollie Watkins and look at DCL, you've got some really affordable strikers to play alongside a 10.5 mm-hmm. player like Kane. And then if you look at Son, great form as he may be in, there are so many other options that I could look to in my midfield. So Kane being on penalties, you know, the great, the great savior of FPL managers, that's, that's tipping the scales for me. And you might say, well, Kane's getting the assists as the striker and son's picking up the goals and he's a midfielder. His goals are worth more. I just still feel like Kane fits more into my concept of the balanced FPL team right now. Yeah. Uh, I think that, I think that makes sense. I, I have a hard time picking between the two, to be quite honest. It's, uh, I, I see, you know, Sun is so much cheaper, which I think has a lot of value. Um, but I think like you, I'm just sort of, um, just give me the guy who always plays when he's healthy, you know, <laughs> plays every minute uh-huh. and uh, who's really, uh, seems very focused on providing assists this season too. It's almost like he's got like some kind of like bonus in his contract this year where if he gets 10 assists or something, he gets you know, 20 million pounds or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, he's trying to uh, save himself from a thinner risk curse, perhaps. Uh, well, that could, could be that too. Uh, all right. So final question is which, if any bottom half of the table players, are you thinking about targeting? 
So I, I may have, I could have probably phrased this question better, Brandon, but <laughs> bottom half of the table, is there anything worth looking at? Precog says, is Zaha worth considering? There's an unbelievable run of fixtures for Crystal Palace now for GameX 5 through 14. I think he could do great things if he still played up front. Yeah, fair enough. And I think Zaha started the season. He he caught my attention uh, in preseason. Looked fantastic. Carried through the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Now Palace is kind of already reverting to sort of their, their yeah. standard, which is fine. Sure. But that does worry me. But just given what I, I keep coming back to the, the price point conversation and I've been harping on these midfielders who are suddenly really great and really affordable. And what does Zaha do that Grealish and James Rodriguez don't do? Nothing, uh, as far as I can tell. He he does a little less than yeah. both of those options. So Zaha just kind of, there's there's no room for him. I mean, he, he could be, if we were near the tail end of the season and we we're having this conversation, I think Zaha might be an interesting upside pick to be a little different. Uh, but that would be my read on Zaha. It's it's a funny question, though. The bottom of the table, uh, I've just got the table pulled up right now, and mm-hmm. Manchester City is in 14th place. Manchester United is in 16th place. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, true. Oh, I could come yeah. up with some pretty some pretty decent options for you somewhere down <laughs> in, in uh, the bottom of the table. But yeah. um, no, I, I think when you get to these these you know, looking beyond where the table is right now, early on the season, these lower table teams, I kind of, I feel like it's only, I want either a striker or a defender like Burnley. You either want Chris Wood or you want Charlie Taylor. If you look at, I mean, maybe West Brom, you've got Pereira. Maybe he's the guy. He's like slightly cheaper than the rest of the bunch around 6 million. Uh, you know, maybe if he catches red hot form, but if you're talking about West Brom, I just don't see how red hot form will ever be part of that conversation. Yeah. I mean, Dean Ghana too. Uh, I, I like some of the players on West Brom. They, they don't really fit into my team unless I did like a three, five, two, which yeah, maybe I should think about that a little bit more. Um, God, you know, honestly, if I did a three, five, two, I probably would just get Jorginho, uh, just uh. given how many <laughs> freaking penalties, uh, yeah. we're, we're seeing this season. Um, what about, what about, yeah. um, I'm looking at they're in eighth and ninth place, but Leeds in Newcastle Leeds yeah. just has a bevy of cheap midfielder options. Mm-hmm. Cliche being on PKs is really interesting to me. And yeah. then St. Maximin, who we both had in our game week one squad, mm-hmm. he got injured. Didn't look great, but now he's like suddenly back in the conversation. Any any considerations there? <laughs> no, no, of course uh, not. No, of course not. Uh, no interest in St. Max. Uh, glad you had a nice match, buddy. And uh, you know, Congrats. I like you as a player. You're fun to watch. But no, uh, I think uh, possibly. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that Aston Villa maybe is is the team that I mean. I know we talked about them a little bit already, but I, and I know that they're they are top second whatever, place. What is, second place right now. Uh, but I mean, long term, I, I don't think that's probably going to last. But uh, John McGinn is a player that I talked about earlier on the season as someone who could end up being um, kind of really emerging this year uh, for as, as a cheap fantasy asset. And uh, we kind of didn't like know what to how to rate him because he looked good at the start of last season and he was injured for what, like almost the entire mm-hmm. until, until the you know play resumed in the summer. And even then he was kind of working his way back into the squad a little bit. 
but he has double digit returns in his last two matches. He's 1.1% owned and his price is 5.5 million. He's in that Daniel Podden's replacement territory. He is. Yeah. Maybe a little underrated. And, um, I think I would rather have him than Barkley. Um, they're similar price points. Barkley is uh, 5.9 million, but I think give me, give me McGinn, Brandon. Give me McGinn. I think that's a death. great uh, yeah, when yeah. when McGinn finally runs for president of the United States, you know, and he finally gets that U.S. passport in his pocket. That'll be what we put on the button. <laughs> give me him again or give me death. I like it. All right. So that those are our five questions for game week five. Just while we're talking captains, who is your captain at the moment for game week five? Uh, OK, so. Since Aubameyang has been taken off the table for me after mm-hmm. game week two, it has been a wrestling match in my squad between De Bruyne and Salah. Right. And I've gotten it wrong with De Bruyne a couple weeks in a row. I And I so right now, looking at my bus team, I'll, enough with the Sturm and Drang. It's on mm-hmm. De Bruyne right now. But I just had wow. this. I'm, I'm in my Third own head. I'm in my own head now about Salah where you're. Uh, I'm just like, well, I just, I'm not feeling it, but he would be the choices option. But as, as we were saying at the, at the top of this segment, I feel like that Merseyside Derby is, a, I mean, it, it feels like a two, one Liverpool result to me. And yeah. maybe that's a two, one result in which Salah gets both the goals. I mean, if you said seven, two result in favor of villain game week four, but Salah gets two goals and a bonus point. Yeah, you're you're laughing and you're taking that as a captaincy option. So why would I move the armband off of Salah? I don't know, but but that's those are my thoughts. Okay. Yeah, I think uh I think you know, because I'm wildcarding this week, I have um I have Kane and Son. So uh, I think that Kane at home to West Ham is 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 my pick. Um I We'll plan to have one Man City player, as we just talked about, and uh, I will, of course, still have Mo Salah too. So, um, I think I think those are all interesting options. I think that, and then Kate, didn't Katie beat get pulled off a little early too for Belgium today? So it's just yeah, like, around the seventieth minute thereabouts. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, it feels like going three times with KDB does feel like a lot. Um, you know, personally, I. Um, you know, the most solid thing, the only issue there is it's, you know, there's that early match thing where it's just so miserable to like, this is me last week with, with Timo Werner and, um, and James, uh, bringing in a player who didn't play a minute and then holding a 9.5 million striker who plays as a winger and never gets the ball, you know? And I was just like, yeah. I was, it was such a day ruining thing. And so I, I you should, obviously you shouldn't really think that way as a fantasy manager, but, um, it does get in your head a little bit. Um, but the problem is if you don't go Sala and you don't go KDB, I'm not really sure what, what the other options would be. I mean, would you consider like Jimenez a way to Leeds? No, no, I wouldn't consider yeah. Jimenez. I think, Danny Ings, I'm fine playing mm. Ings against Chelsea. I think sure. they're, you know, they're sure. they're yeah. still trying to strengthen that defense, but they're very mistake prone. Mm-hmm. And DCL, there's no reason for you to bench a player that's in the kind of like scintillating form that he's in. So, all three fine strikers that I'm happy to play, but none where I would be predicting large returns. And Salah and De Bruyne both have tougher fixtures but they are far more likely to reach that double digit return. So those are the only two players that are, that are options to me right now, as you say. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's fair. Um, I, yeah, I mean, just looking throughout the rest of the matches, uh, I suppose if you had Vardy, maybe Vardy at home to Aston Villa would be a, a reasonable shout there as well. All right. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe Bruno Fernandez, if you had him, what a Newcastle, maybe a little, uh, a little differential pick, but yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. It's guaranteed to be, <laughs> there's always a penalty if you're Manchester United, that one you can take to the bank, take to the bank on that note, we're going to take a break to the bank and then we're going to come back with our shortest lightning round ever. Brandon. Hey gang, even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Brandon, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. And Brandon, you can you can be in the game at a game on a lot of places in America right now. It's kind of shocking. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, lots of lots of uh, football matches in particular. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get all in on their season open bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, fellas, 2020 has made it hard for us to stay as hygienic as we should be. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped have made it easy to turn your bathroom into your own private dong salon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. This is some spicy copy here, Josh. Manscaped is on a mission to change the grooming game with their below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. And they've just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. Manscaped going worldwide, baby. Let's talk about these products that you can get. You've got the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer with replaceable ceramic blades. This is waterproof, so if you want to trim down there, you can even do it in the shower. And it holds a charge for more than 90 minutes. You can also get the Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. And the perfect package, it comes with two free gifts with liquid formulations to complete your ball trimming routine. It's not just about the blades, Josh. It's all about the the powders, the oils, and the lotions that make, yeah, really makes makes you feel good. All right, and these formulations, I should note, they're all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraben-free, you name it. It's free. Okay. So if you want to check out all the great products at manscaped.com, use the code always to get 20% off plus free shipping. Visit manscaped.com, fill up that shopping cart, and use the promo code always. Upgrade that dong salon with truly luxurious products at Manscaped. All right, Brown, we're back. Lightning round. 
Got a short lightning round this week with short answers too. Jimbo says, after a really poor start and game week already planned, is there a need to further upgrade and try to seek out high-scoring, low-ownership players to recover your position? Thinking here of Barkley, Brewster, Pulisic, or ZH, perhaps. Uh, Jimbo, it's too early for that kind of talk. I think uh, we're not in recovery mode yet. I think for me, like I... I had a tougher, I'm in that large group of, of managers who had a tough start. So for me, it's less about trying to recover ground to get back to that Peloton that's like in the top 500,000. Right now, I'm just trying to get the right team together. So I think you're going counter to that logic by reaching and trying to find these wild picks that are highly risky. I think for us who are just trying to recover, I think start consolidating and trying to find safe, consistent picks that will put you on that steady footing. To, so uh, I like what you were saying, Josh, about wild carding from a position of strength. And I think that that's applicable just to FPL strategy minus the wild card. The type of moves that an FPL manager can make when you're operating from a position of strength, I feel like you're a little more free. Um, I mean, that maybe yeah. that's kind of a narrow way of thinking about it. But I think that's that would be my advice to Jimbo is you're not from you're not operating from a position of strength. So don't act like it. Yeah. I mean, the thing about wildcarding from a position of strength, if that's what I'm doing, I mean, to me, you know, in some ways, I feel like I'm just I um, I do see a lot of problems that need to be fixed. It's just not the big the big expensive players that I'm moving around. And I think um I think that's that's where a wildcard position of strength can really help you is because you're um, you're not you're not in that position where you're like oh my god I just dropped this ten point five million player who I know is good and the second I dropped him he's going to taunt me it's like if I drop like Danny Ings like Danny Ings is a really good player but he's fairly low ownership his team isn't that good um, I, I, you know if he does well it's not going to feel like a season ruining mistake the way um the sun owners have had to suffer the last few weeks where they're like oh my god i keep <laughs> i keep transferring this guy out for a hit and he's scoring mm-hmm. 20 20 points in the match to take him out like that is that is that would be so maddening and like i i you know because i've been there before i can really empathize with it but yeah i completely agree with you um do not gamble this early i don't think it's wise um it's just not um you know it might be fun josh I mean, sure. if you want, if Jimbo wants to argue that's making fantasy fun again, then more power to you. But, uh, yeah. you know, you to ask me, Jimbo. Yeah. To me, the gamble would be to gamble on players who have done well so far, but are unproven. I think that that's, that's enough of a gamble. I mean, this mm-hmm. is the, you know, Barkley, Brewster, Pulisic, Ziyech. I mean, no one, none of these players have done anything. So that, that's just way too much of a, of a gamble in my opinion. Uh, all right. Neil says your views on keeping 0.5 or so in the bank for rainy COVID-19 days and crazy price rises. Yeah, we touched upon this earlier about the idea of planning for COVID like you can control it. And mm-hmm. you just can't. And I think you have to play the game week in front of you. You have to just make decisions based strictly on FPL. I don't know that we can predict if anything can happen, if anything will happen with COVID. And if it does uh, it'll probably be a disaster and 0.5 in the bank is it's not gonna it's not gonna save <laughs> yeah, your day won't be mean, it, enough. It, yeah yeah either it won't be enough or listen you could have saw you could solve the same problem with nothing in the bank but a willingness to take a minus four sure. and i think 
for me, it's less holding back on my team and keeping some, making a compromise somewhere so I can have some money in the bank for some fictional event that might happen um, or non-fictional event that might happen. Um, as opposed to just knowing there could be a point in which I have to take some transfer hits because yeah. of that. And I'm, I'm, I think it's a better strategy to just be willing to take the hits. Yeah, I, me too. Uh, the only thing I'll say is that, um, sometimes you should keep money in the bank. Like if you have, if you are in a wild card or whatever, and you are, you're burning transfers and you have the team that you want and you still have 0.5 million or 1 million or 2 million or whatever. Um, there's a temptation sometimes to spend all that money. You know, like, oh, I have this money. Like, why am I wasting it? But uh, so, yeah, I think that for me, typically, if I have a 0.5 million left or whatever, I've got 0.4 million right now on my current wild card. Um, if I find a place to spend that, I'm definitely going to. And I'm not going to worry about um, price rises and, and COVID risks. Benny Blanco says, as usual, lots to talk about price changes, and the importance of squad value. Shouldn't we be more focused, though, on the selling of your own players? When you drill down on that, doesn't it suggest the gains aren't as large as they feel? Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, from a strict team value point of view. Um, but it's not about, it's not so immediate as that I'm thinking team value is a conversation. I think that's worth having, having just when you're looking ahead to win you wildcard at the end of the season. That's, Mm -hmm. that's like the only time in which team value is a big game changer when it's, Game week 30, you've got some double game weeks ahead of you. You're wild carding. And if you paid attention to your team value a bit, it could mean your team value affords you one extra seven plus million player. And that's where it it earns out. Now, at this point in the season, if you're talking about buying this player or cashing in that player, yeah, I think Blanco, Benny, Benny Blanco is right. Like it doesn't add up to much. So, you know, why are we talking about it, I guess, would be the question. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, sometimes I feel like I end up burning that value I crew, like, more or less instantly, you know. Um, so I, I I don't think I typically end a season with very high team value. I, I'm, I, you know, just because I, I, I'm often just shedding those those players, you know, pretty fast. And so, um yeah, I, I think it's. I think in general, it's not. It's not worth thinking too much about team value. And I think the the um, the squad value thing is. I mean, to me, it's more like I'm going to have to get this player eventually, anyways. Um, yeah. And so that's why I would buy them now. Like you know, if Dominic Calvert Lewin right. continues to perform every single week the way he has been, then suddenly a seven million player, you're going to have to get him for like eight point four million or something, um, or just you're going to stubbornly hold off all year while they keep banging them in. And that's, that's like the recipe for a really bad season. So sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and get them um, as they're on the way up. Well, something we've seen too with the player value this season is like a guy like Sadio Mane, who's already decreased in value. There are players, this happened to Danny Ings as well. A team, if Timo Werner ever gets his season going, these players have all dropped in value. They'll be cheaper for you to get in. So there's an even third, there's a third way for you to think about it. Benny is, should you now look to buy players who are in theory undervalued? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So lots of, lots of different ways to think about it, Benny, but I think the takeaway is that he's wrong, right? I think we can, (laughs) (laughs) um, final question, uh, from Danny Mac. I'm not even sure I know the answer to this question, Brandon, but I'll just ask it to you then see if you have an answer. What is your favorite formation this season? (laughs) None. Um, (laughs) 
Uh, I'm looking at a 4-3-3 going into game week five with Podence on the bench. Uh, But I I have yet to actually crack the code on any other formation apart from a 3-4-3. And uh, so that's... That would be my default. But yeah, I, I don't know because I haven't gotten my FPL season going yet. I'm looking at a 4-4-2 right now, uh, most of the time at least. Um, I guess like the team I shared with you, my wildcard team, I've got a 3-4-3, but this is because Sheffield and I play uh, at home uh, to Fulham in game week five. And if I'm going to have Brewster, I'm certainly going to start him at home to Fulham in game week five. Uh, but do I keep Brewster? Probably not. Um, so I, I tend to default to a three, four, three as well. And, um, I try, you know, it's it, it just, things are changing so fast. I mean, you know, two weeks ago, it seemed like just get Trent and Robbo and, and, you know, your problems are solved. Uh, mm-hmm. and then they conceded seven goals and they lost their keeper. And you're like, <laughs> why would you have any of these players? It's just like, it's kind of, it's funny how the fall from like, once you eliminate, uh, Trent and Robbo, you're like, well, why do I have any defenders? It costs more than like four point six million or something so um yeah i think it's i think it's uh it's interesting and, and, you know if you feel like you don't really trust your defense why would you have four of them out on the pitch at any given time um mm-hmm. you know you just why not just spend that money up front so lots of tricky decisions brandon um but i think three four three is typically my favorite formation and uh you know i i i like the idea of trying to tinker with a three five two i've just never quite you know you just need a really good fifth midfielder to make that work you do, and you have to have a lot of confidence in you know playing one or two up top consistently. And it, yeah, it, I feel like it, a three, any formation that involves five across the middle, you, uh, you're you're basically there. There are no other options at that point. You don't yeah. have a lot of rotation, if any. Yeah, I don't know why four four two feels cleaner to me. Like a little, you know, like easier to. I don't know. Um, I mean, I just I feel like I've, I've never seen player like teams with three five twos where it like really, like like the you know like it was just like a winning strategy long term. It almost it feels like a kind yeah. of fluky one week right. strategy. Right, right, right. All right, that's the pod. That's it. See, we were pretty short in the lightning round. Maybe not thirty seconds short, but pretty short. Who's keeping track? Who's keeping track? Not not me. Uh, thank you for listening. Good luck in game week five. We'll be back at midweek with a Patreon supporter podcast, probably on Thursday or maybe early Friday. We've been doing some early Friday ones uh, mm-hmm. after all the press conferences are done. So uh, if you want to support the pod, if you want to get into that uh, Harvey Milk Mustache Cup, uh, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. And thank you to all of our current Patreon supporters. Brandon, would you please give our producers a quick thank you? Big thanks to producers Trevor Ingerson, Mike DePetro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T., DeBig Gaffer, Bob Ascoon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forbrook, Skoging, Paul Herzig, Kyra Christine Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Paul Scanlon, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, producer Matt. Mikey Uwong, Bruce Kerr, Alper Paxoy, Nicholas Verdonkis, Sam Schauer, Henry Baker, and Will Husby. Don't forget, subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast. You never miss an episode. Where wherever you find podcasts, you can also leave us a rating and a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate that. Give us a follow wherever you find fine social media. Josh, we're on Twitter. 
most of the time. That's the best place to follow us. But we're That's everywhere. Not, uh, not next Saturday, though. No, we will be on Slack all day Saturday hanging out with just our supporters. That's going to be a lot of fun. For any information, anything you miss, just visit us at alwayscheating.com. That's it. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Poku forever. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.